Welcome to Ed Leader with your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Join Dr. Jackson for conversations and reflections on improving educational leadership from the classroom to the boardroom and beyond. Educational leadership is an ever-evolving opportunity to make a real and lasting difference in the lives of students, parents, and the community. And now, here's your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Ed Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Jackson, and I want to thank you for spending time with me today. If you have not, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast on your podcast player and share it with your network of colleagues and friends. The Ed Leader Podcast community continues to grow worldwide because of your kind words and positive ratings. Remember, you can find show notes, links to references that are cited during each episode, and find each of the previous regular episodes in the special series that we have done at drrobjackson.com. The last episode on the science of reading generated quite a bit of positive feedback. Miss Lancaster, a high school English teacher, emailed me to say, I so enjoyed your podcast on the science of reading. I'm envious of the K-5 teachers getting trained in the science of reading. I appreciate you sharing your expertise on the breakdown in a way that anyone who takes the time to listen to the podcast can understand. Keep shining bright. Thank you, Miss Lancaster, for your kind words, and thank you for all that you do for students and for shining brightly as well. I greatly appreciate all of the feedback I receive and would love to hear from each of you. You may find contact information for the podcast and for me at drrobjackson.com. I have set a personal goal to dig into and break down each of the elements of reading comprehension. I'll share what I learn as we go in a new Ed Leader podcast series on the science of reading, what every Ed Leader should know. For Ed Leaders who may not have taught in the primary grades or have a background in reading instruction, and for those who are true literacy experts, I'm going to do my best to peel back the rhetoric and get to the heart of what Ed Leaders need to know about the science of reading. Speaking of getting to the heart, let's get to it. To begin today's conversation, please let me quickly share the background for this work. The science of reading is undergirded by theories of how students learn to read and comprehend text. At the very basic level is the simple view of reading theory, which states that there are two elements that combine to result in reading comprehension. The simple view of reading formula states decoding times language comprehension equals reading comprehension. From this grew Scarborough's reading rope as conceived by Dr. Hollis S. Scarborough. Dr. Scarborough believed that the elements of word recognition and the elements of language comprehension all weave together into the rope of reading comprehension. Just like a true rope, the more strands present and the stronger each strand is, the stronger the rope is. It is surmised that if a student is weaker in one strand, the strength of the other strands can still help the student comprehend what she is reading. The strands of word recognition include decoding, phonological awareness, and sight word recognition. 
The strands of language comprehension include background knowledge, vocabulary, language structures, verbal reasoning, and literacy knowledge. In this new podcast series, my goal is to peel apart the individual strands of reading comprehension and build our shared understanding of what ed leaders need to know about learning to read. Recently, as I dove headfirst into attempting to understand the science of reading, I found myself immersed in the reading wars with whole language or balanced literacy on one side and the science of reading on the other. As I researched the divide between the two, I noted a side skirmish and made myself a note to come back to it. Lost in the vitriol over phonics instruction was the respect given to or denied to fluency as a metric to pay attention to. At a basic level, fluency is a reader's ability to read with speed, accuracy, and proper expression. If comprehending what they read is the goal, children must be able to read fluently. This is true in reading aloud and in reading silently. In many ways, fluency is the bridge between word recognition and reading comprehension. Reading Rockets, a national public media literacy initiative, states that, quote, fluent readers do not have to concentrate on decoding the words so they can focus their attention on what the text means, end quote. Let's break that down for a second. Essentially, if a reader is fluent, identifying the words on the page comes easily so they are able to focus on understanding what the writer is trying to convey through the words on the page. The Oregon Department of Education has stated that, quote, knowing how to assess and teach fluency is critical to improving reading instruction at all levels, end quote. If, then, teaching and assessing fluency is critical, it becomes important for ed leaders to know and understand what it is. In particular, Educational administrators that may not have had a background in teaching children to read must take the time to learn the foundational concepts of literacy instruction. Fluent readers have mastered Tier 1 words or sight words, Tier 2 words, and are able to quickly use word parts, prefixes, suffixes, and root words to decode Tier 3 words. Tier 1 or sight words are words like I. Each, no, long, said, some, they, him, make, that, if, up, etc. Tier 2 words are high-frequency words for mature language users. Words like coincidence, absurd, industrious are example of Tier 2 words. Instruction in these words can add productivity to an individual's language ability. Tier 2 words are the words that are likely to appear frequently in a wide variety of texts and in written and oral language of mature language users. Tier 2 words are words that students already have ways to express the concepts represented by the words. For example, the word required is a Tier 2 word. Students can define the concept of required using the Tier 1 words have and to. Required means have to. Brooke Kahn, in her Literacy and Focus blog, defines Tier 3 words as low-frequency words that occur in specific domains. 
Tier 3 words, she says, are central to understanding concepts within various academic subjects and should be integrated into content instruction at all levels, K-12, by the way. Examples of Tier 3 words include words like molecule, tundra, and legislature. Again, fluent readers have mastered Tier 1 words, like sight words, Tier 2 words, and are able to quickly use word parts like prefixes, suffixes, and root words to decode Tier 3 words. As a reader's decoding ability becomes stronger and quicker, they're able to spend more time making connections in and with the text. Readers who are less fluent spend their time deciphering the words on the page, increasing frustration and decreasing the likelihood that they will understand the meaning of the text. According to the Partnership for Reading article, An Introduction to Fluency, quote, fluency develops gradually over time and through practice. At the earliest stage of reading development, students' oral reading is slow and labored because students are just learning to break the code, to attach sounds to letters, and to blend letter sounds into recognizable words, end quote. Key in that description is the word practice. Fluency is developed through practice. Here then comes the skirmish. Should novice readers read and reread one passage multiple times to practice fluency, or is their time better spent reading many different texts? The latter was the prevailing thought under the tenets of whole language, with its emphasis on increasing the quality and quantity of good books children spend time with. However, As with other explicit instructional activities, practicing and increasing fluency has again been recognized as a powerful practice. For the ed leader who may not have had a background in early literacy, never fear. You too can easily differentiate between a fluent reader and one who has not yet developed fluency. Fluent readers read aloud with expression, with an easily understood pace with natural pauses informed by the punctuation in the text, and with voice inflection. Their reading sounds as if they are speaking. By contrast, non-fluent readers read slowly, word by word, often in a monotone, and will leave out words or add words that change the meaning of the text or simply confuse the listener. The two terms or concepts encountered in the fluency work that may be new to non-literacy experts are automaticity and prosody. When spelled, automaticity looks like the word automatic with an I-T-Y on the end. But what is automaticity? Automaticity is the ability to quickly and accurately identify letters, letter sound correspondence, and isolated words. Remember that in both the simple view of reading theory and Scarborough's reading rope theory, there are two elements to reading comprehension. Word recognition, which is decoding phonological awareness and sight word recognition, and language comprehension, which is background knowledge, vocabulary, language structures, verbal reasoning, and literacy knowledge. Fluency has to do with word recognition. 
readers have a limited or finite amount of working memory to use in comprehending what they are reading. Cognitive energy, or working memory devoted to decoding words, is not available to use for language comprehension. The more automatic word decoding becomes, the more mental resources are available for language comprehension, and the stronger reading comprehension will ultimately be. When a reader is no longer thinking about sounding out words, they are able to devote themselves to making meaning. Shirley Houston, a 30-year veteran teacher in Australia, says on the Phonics Hero website that, quote, the faster text is processed, the easier it is to access meaning directly and to integrate new information with prior knowledge, end quote. The Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education stated, Quote, many children who experienced problems with automaticity and fluency did not receive systematic and explicit instruction and practice in foundational skills of reading. For many children, problems with automaticity and fluency can be prevented with strong core instruction that includes phonological awareness, phonics, and decoding, end quote. The importance of strong core instruction cannot be overstated regardless of the curricular area, but particularly in literacy. Increasing automaticity requires explicit instruction in word recognition skills and multiple practice opportunities. The other concept in fluency is prosody. For those unfamiliar with the term, prosody is spelled P-R-O-S-O-D-Y. What, then, is prosody? In the Science of Learning blog, Logan DeLay describes prosody as, quote, the defining feature of expressive reading that compromises all of the variables of timing, phrasing, emphasis, and intonation that speakers use to help convey aspects of meaning and to make their speech lively, end quote. Research studies that are linked in the show notes at drrobjackson.com have found a strong correlation between a reader's prosody in early grades with their reading comprehension achievement in later grades. Reading aloud with expression is simple shorthand for prosody. When a skilled reader reads aloud, the listener can detect text features like punctuation as the reader pauses briefly for commas or identify questions as the reader raises their pitch at the arrival of a question mark. Prosody improves as readers learn to read dialogue aloud in a way that conveys the intended meaning. When teachers listen to a child's prosody, they gain meaningful insights into a reader's ability to accurately read words at a reasonable rate and use grammar and punctuation to help construct meaning. Teachers who are helping a reader improve their prosody will often ask them to read a passage so that a listener can easily understand what is being read. They help them learn this skill by modeling reading aloud, and then may choose to use teaching strategies like choral reading or echo reading. Ultimately, as Timothy Rosinski says, fluency is more than reading words in a text accurately and automatically. It's also reading the words in text with appropriate phrasing and expression that reflects and amplifies the meaning of the passage. 
William James perhaps said it best when he shared, So it is with children who learn to read fluently and well. They begin to take flight into a whole new world as effortlessly as young birds take to the sky. I love his visual of young readers beginning to read fluently, effortlessly taking to the sky, ready to soar as learners. If we extend that visual, we could visualize a teacher as the mama bird pushing young readers out of the nest and the science of reading as the wind beneath their wings. Okay, so I can hear you groaning over my use of that cliche, but I think the visual is appropriate. May our young readers take to the sky as we cheer their efforts and the efforts of those who teach them how to fly. I hope that you enjoyed our time together. I am interested in your thoughts. Please let me know what you think, and if you think this has been helpful, please share the episode and podcast with your network of friends and colleagues. Thank you for spending time with me today, and thank you for all that you do for every student, every teacher, and every staff member. You are making a difference. If no one else has told you, I want you to know that I believe in you. Good day. Thank you for listening to the Ad Leader Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving a review with five stars on Apple Podcasts so that we may continue to grow the Ad Leader community. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with Dr. Jackson. Until next time.